we're coming towards the end of this series uh, on honor integrity. And uh, I just love the sense of humor that God has. Um, you know, we, we, this word that we have, uh, honor, I'm just going to repeat it. Uh, you can look up on the podcasts, uh, WHBC Manchester forward slash podcasts, and you can get the previous messages. But honor is uh, the quality of being honorable. Uh, it's about having a good name or having virtue. It's an award for bravery, uh, and it's to, to show respect for. So honor means a, a few things, and, and integrity is a completeness, a wholeness, moral soundness. Uh, it's unity, undivided, it's unbroken, it's a totality, nothing missing. So the, this series is really about us, how God sees us, and how we need to see ourselves, and how we need to see the things that God's doing around us and with us. Okay, because he wants to take us to some extraordinary places. And in this week's news, I, I, I've, I've, I've been quite, I've been smiling all week because uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, there was a VC, a Victoria Cross, awarded this week for uh, a guy called uh, Lance, uh, Lance Corporal Leahy, Leakey, sorry, and uh, he. Uh, He's done some extraordinary or some unusual things. The Victoria Cross is the, the elite medal of all that is for all ranks, uh, irrespective of background, or, and actually they've changed it even to be irrespective of country, um, uh, in the service of the Queen, in the service of uh, uh, the country. And uh, it is for unusual, outstanding, above and beyond. That's what God wants us, outstanding, unusual, above and beyond in our normal lives. That's what honor's about. It's, as we honor God, he honors us, and actually we become outstanding, complete, and so extraordinary that people around us see that God's in work in us. So I just uh, I was looking at what it says uh, about this, this, uh, this man, Joshua Leakey showing complete disregard for his own safety. Wow, that's kind of unusual, isn't it? He showed complete disregard for his own safety, and he proved, his actions proved to be a turning point in the battle. He inspired by his actions others to begin fighting again, and they began to fight back. Wow. That's unusual. You know, he literally came into a fight, went over a ridge under machine gun fire, ran down, picked up some machine guns, that be, uh, two machine guns. They had to do it twice that, uh, where people had been injured and hurt that were out of action. He picked them up, ran back up the hill with these submachine guns under fire, repositioned them so that his, uh, his army, his, his, his troops, could then return the fire, and in doing so, they completely turned it around from being a defeat to being a victory. That's what God wants you and me to understand. That's our job. We, as we honor God, there's things he wants to do in us and through us that makes us extraordinary in the situations that we find ourselves in that produce a transformation from defeat to victory in the lives of those around us. Honor and integrity is not just that I look better. 
But honor and integrity means outstanding, unusual, courageous things that cost you your very life because a lot of those that won the VC, the Victoria Cross, actually got it uh, posthumously. They they got it after they died because they died in action. And in fact, this guy, uh, Mr. uh, uh, Last Corporal uh, Leakey, he came from a family. His his, uh, 70 years ago, his cousin, I think it is, uh, um, won the VC as well for two actions where his troops were being completely uh, overrun by the enemy and he ran, climbed on a tank, uh, killed all the people in that tank, uh, brought that tank to where um, their own army could use it and turned it around on the enemy, ran and got another tank and in the midst of doing that, killing that tank um, command, he ended up uh, losing his life. But changed the whole situation round where a thousand plus enemy soldiers got captured because of one man's action. This is, this is what God wants us to, to, uh, to look like. Now, that family, the brother of that guy that won Victoria Cross, then he won three military crosses. This is an outstanding family. <laughs> Their actions that, so this other guy, he didn't get the Victoria Cross, he got three times the military cross, three separate actions where he did something so crazy and outrageous to be above and beyond his rank. Because that's what it says. It says in, the, uh, in that first one uh, that I mentioned, it says it displayed such gritty leadership well above that expected of his rank, his actions single-handedly regained the initiative and prevented considerable loss of life. Wow. I want that to be said about me, that I get involved because I'm a man of honor, a man of integrity, a man who honors the Lord with my very life, that I cannot let dishonorable stuff or failure or defeat happen around me without getting involved in what's going on. A man of integrity, a man of honor cannot stand by while people fail while defeat is happening. He won't allow it in his own life, unless there's a woman too. Won't allow it in his own life, but they will stand when others run. And we've got some examples about that, uh, because, you see, what honors like this are given for extraordinary acts. They're not given because someone did their duty. They're not given because they did what everyone else was doing. They're given because when everyone else ran, they stood. When everyone else gave up, they walked forward. When everyone else was dying, they were so full of life that death couldn't hold them. That's, that's you and me. We're an extraordinary people. We're an unusual people when the spirit of Christ rises inside us, when we actually allow that to happen. You see, that's what happened in the worship this morning. There was a proclamation from the front about the lordship of the name of Jesus over circumstances that you either got into and proclaimed it over yourself and other people or you kind of just let it wash over you. Those that actually stood and actually began to speak something began to change the atmosphere around them. This is what David did when he came up against Goliath. 
Goliath, one man intimidated the whole of Israel to the extent they were hiding in their holes. Every time he came out and spoke, they all ducked for cover. And David, a young teenager, sometime about 17, 18-ish, He's not yet a full-grown adult uh, because it says that he, was, he, he put on Saul's armor, but he was not used to it. He wasn't a trained fighting man. He was not a boy because he would put on Saul's armor. Okay? Saul was head and shoulders above most other people, so he was a tall, big guy, and David put on Saul's armor, but it says that he wasn't accustomed to wearing it. He wasn't trained in weaponry like this, so he put it off. I think sometimes we got this image of a little boy running up against Goliath. The scripture does not say that. It says he's a trained youth. He saw, he saw it says Goliath saw him and saw he was a ruddy youth. In other words, he was a teenager who wasn't quite filled out and fully, uh, fully muscled up as you would expect a fighting man to be. But it's, uh, David had fought a bear and had fought a lion with his bare hands and killed both of them. That's not some five-year-old, six-year-old. Okay? And just, you know, we just need to, when we read scripture, we need to have a, a bit of an eye to what's actually happening around what we're reading. Because it says, David, when he went out, Goliath looked at him and said, you, you're dead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat you alive. David had an answer. He said, you come against me with bows and spears and all the rest of it, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Amen. I've got something that's going to trump, destroy, and, and your head's coming off. Yeah. And he picked up stones ready for the battle, but it was Goliath's own sword that he used to cut Goliath's head off with. There's things we have to understand that we have a reason for this mouth. It is to engage faith with declarations, with what the Lord has said to us, so that we see a transformation into situations. We read this in 2 Samuel 23, when we read of David's mighty men in verse uh, 9 and 10. It speaks of a guy called Eliezer. This is one of David's mighty men. Mighty man who stood his ground when Israel retreated, and he fought on his own. It says, until the sword in his hand froze, it sort of fused to his hand. He, he, he had fought so hard, so gripping this sword, that he couldn't actually let go of it. His hand had kind of locked and the muscles had so seized up. There's something about determination that this guy showed. Everyone else ran, he stood. We read on into verse 12. And Shema, it says he took his stand in the middle of a field of lentils. I mean, it doesn't say he, 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 a nice herd of cattle, bit of beef. Oh. Lentils. I mean, like, really? You're going to fight over, well, I don't know about you, but I'm not really into lentils. Lentil soup's not my kind of idea of food. That's kind of like, no, no, no. I want some meat. 
I'd fight for some cattle and some, some nice prime ribs. But beans? I don't know about you, but... But it says he took his, stu- he took his stand. There is something of the man of honor and integrity that refuses to take things as they are, but stands in the way of other people's failures. So not to show them up, but to enable them to come back into the fight, get back on their feet, and start winning. You and I have the greatest example of all, Jesus. He said, the Father loves me, and there's a reason. The Father loves me, and there's a reason for it. In John 10, verse 17, Jesus spelt it out. He said, the reason the Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. John 10, verse 17. The reason my Father loves me is I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down. I lay it down. You see, that's what happens with these guys. In the middle of a battle, one person can change the whole situation. Jesus changed the enemy's strategy that was winning right the way across the whole of the earth. That meant every one of us was rejected, failed apart from God, separated, destined for destruction. And Jesus came and took a stand and lived in the same way that you and I did and do today. In the face of everything going on, he took a stand and went, this is the way forward. If you walk with me, if you believe in me, you'll have eternal life. He puts himself on the line for you and me. The enemy took him out. At least he thought he did. But death couldn't hold him. You see, there's a life in you. Death can't hold you. Whether it's in worship on a Sunday morning or whether it's out with the person that's in debt and ready to commit suicide, like our CAP center are going to be working with, or food bank, where actually it's not just a bit of food we're handing to them, but we're stepping into the middle of a situation and going, stop. This defeat is swallowed in victory. There's something about what Jesus has done that as the man, it says a man with many companions, it says in Proverbs 18, 30, 30, uh, 24, a man, a man of, of, uh, may come to ruins, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is something of the covenant brother, covenant blood relationship that Jesus drew us into with his own life and that we draw others into with our lives that brings people from defeat into victory. That is ability to get alongside 
and involved in the lives of people around you and around me. That's God's call in our lives, that we are such men of integrity that we understand bravery means getting our hands dirty. I praise God for the people that have come into my life that they don't lack in zeal. They don't lack in, uh, in, in, in uh, the, the way they operate. But if you just come to uh, Romans 12, Romans 12, and uh, it's about renewing of the mind, but in verse 10, it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. David's mighty men started as a bunch of misfits. They started as a bunch of people in defeat, a bunch of people who were the outlaws, the uh, in debt, the malcontents. And David brought a transformation into their lives by the way he lived. He refused to kill Saul when he was in his hands. There are people at work with you that are watching the way that you get promotions. Do you take others out as you rise up the ranks? Or are you someone who promotes others so much that you cannot help but be pulled up with them? That your actions so lift others that they want to bless you back. That you find yourself with no enemies. Even those that don't really like you find they can't help but like you because you're so good to them. You get in their faces, you exalt them, you exhort them. There's one man that has actually had a strategic effect on me twice. In my, uh, no, three times. Three times. Uh, a guy called Les Mitchell, he, he pastors a church down in London. And uh, he has spoken to me on, th- on three different occasions, uh, brought a word of gentleness and encouragement because he so loves me, he won't let me be defeated. When we first were looking to move to Manchester, uh, we, we really had the vision of what God wanted us to do, plant a church, establish a new work, etc. And he, he saw that there was an area of anger in my life that uh, something to do with um, someone in leadership who had failed me or that I had, was in wrong relationship with or something, that if I went and started this new ministry would destroy the very ministry that I was producing. And he said to me, Alan, you cannot walk in unforgiveness. If you do, don't bother planting the church. You'll destroy yourself and your family. And he worked with me. And I was like, who are you to talk to me? You don't know what this person's done. How? I want to defend myself. But he loved me and got in my face. Love gets in the face of people that are doing the wrong thing and loves them and helps them forward into the right things. Love doesn't leave them where they are. That's how you turn defeat into victory. Sometimes you have to get in people's faces, but you have to love them, not judge them. A few years later, we planted a church. Things are going all right. I'm working at the message as well. And he came to me and he said, Alan... 
I love what you're doing, but I hear more about the message than I do about the church. I love what you're doing, but you've got two visions. It's called division. You need to choose one and not the other. You need to know what God's called you to so that you choose and stay with the things that God's called you to. Now, for me, the reason I came to the city was to start a church. It was a no-brainer. The position and the rank at the message, working with Andy Hawthorne, was, it was exciting. It was the glamorous job, but there was only one choice, and that was the church. But it, it, it took someone to speak to me who loved me enough to say, Alan, I love what you're saying, but actually you've got two things going on and you can't do both. You're defeating yourself by the way you're acting. And as soon as we made that decision, the church grew and uh, it led us into the merger and all the things that's happened and us being promoted way beyond what we expected. But that was a sticking point. We were stuck until he spoke that word. We, we were doing all right, but we weren't really growing. And from that moment on, we made the right decision. We moved forward. Growth happened every year. A couple of years later, uh, I'm talking about all the victories that were happening and uh, things that we were seeing, the miracles. And he went, oh, Alan, that's fantastic. I love what you're saying. Um, but what's happened to your joy? You're, you're telling me these things, but it, you're, you've got a heavy heart. What's going on in your own life? And I thought, man, how dare he? I just told him how many exciting things are going on. But the reality is, I walked away, reevaluated, got the victory back in my life personally, that then means that everything I was doing was successful as well. You see, if we're men of integrity and women of integrity and of honor, we have such a high sense of honoring of others that we will lay down our lives to ensure others rise. A man or a woman in, of integrity honors others. Who are you so determined to work and exalt that you will do whatever it takes, whether it's prayer, whether it's adjusting your timetable, and I, I say this to uh, all of our area leaders on a regular basis. They all say to me, you're so busy. And I keep saying to them, you don't understand. If you ask me, I will drop everything and I will be where you are. You matter to me more than the whole church. If you, as the area leaders, can't have me, who else can? What am I reproducing? What am I working for if you, the leaders, because you have to do likewise. You have to drop everything. For us, that means sometimes our family comes second, third, fourth, fifth, actually. There are times and seasons where God goes, I'm first, family is last. There are other times when he swaps that around and goes, because you did that, now's the time for your family to be first. But in it all, actually, it's the Lord that's first, actually. The order of family, church, work, personal time, all the rest of it, that chops and changes as the seasons go. And if it's, you get stuck in any one season, you're out of balance. If the family's first, you're out of balance. If church is first, you're out of balance. Do you hear me? 
It's not an either or. But what God always demands is a total surrender to Him, allowing Him to be of the greatest honor in our lives. And then He points us to other people that they become the place of honor, that there's such a grace. And that is what communion is about. Communion, when we take communion, we restate, we re-proclaim our unity, our honoring of the Lord first. He's the one that we're in right relationship, that in, in right honor. So when we take communion, we honor the Lord first. But when we take communion, we also honor one another and we say, I forgive, I bless, I'll, I'll speak good because I don't want to see this person stay here. I want to lift them up. I want to raise them back to where God's placed them in heavenly places. That's for the unbeliever as well. It's those who don't yet know the Lord, that we look at them not as being rank outsiders, not as being despised by God, but as those that God is calling, pulling, drawing, that He's putting them, He's pulling them to where they're supposed to be, with Him in heaven. But that starts here on the earth. It starts with us right now. You see, it says uh, perfume, and incense, this is uh, Proverbs 27, verse 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. There's people in this church, I love you as, as leaders, but I love you as friends because you have spoken into me to encourage me. Not just that I speak into your life, but you've spoken into my life. Who are you open, ready, getting up in the morning going, Lord, I want a word for this person. I want your ideas for this person. When Claire and I first became leaders in the church in Horsham, we were the youngest, uh, uh, our life group that we were given, we were five years younger than every other person in the group or more. We had a, a, a man who was being beaten by his wife. Uh, been be uh, it's unusual, but he was being beaten by his wife. We had two people that were going through the most nasty divorces. We had a woman being stalked by another church member. We hadn't got a clue. But God gave me a word for every one of those people in that life group that I never shared with them. I wrote it down, I prayed it through, and we saw each of those people walk in victory. Because God gave me something to speak into their lives. Sometimes He gives you something to say to the person, and sometimes He gives you something to pray into the person. Yeah. It's not about me, I'm so wonderful at hearing God, aren't I great? Because I got it right. You can get it right and still be wrong because of what happens and how it gets delivered and all the rest of it. Or you can actually have the words of life 
let's just, let's just respond to the Lord. Are you a man or a woman of integrity? A man or woman of honor? Are you a mighty man? Let's, let's let God do something in our hearts today.